Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. What a joy to bring God's word to you once again. I'm going to get straight in uh, because this is a word uh, that has really been stirring in my spirit to, uh, to get out there. Yeah? Getting past your pain. Pain is universal. Every single person, human being who lives on this world experiences pain in different forms. Physical pain, definitely, right? Though there are, you know, genetic conditions where they don't experience pain and there is medical conditions as well where you don't feel pain. Uh, but emotional pain, uh, I think every one of us have been through. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. If this world was not so messed up, God could have sent an angel to redeem it. It wasn't so bad. But it has to be, had to be really in bad shape if the Son of God himself had to come down and lay his life down to redeem us. Okay? So we live on a messed up planet. Sin has destroyed it. Pain is inevitable and it is universal. Everyone goes through pain. But how we handle pain is different for everyone. And I don't think the consequences of pain depend on the intensity of it. Two people can go through the same kind of trauma and turn out differently. So what are the factors? What decides how I'm going to come out through pain? Because I'm going to face it. We might as well face it that we're going to face it. And how we go through pain is going to decide how we are going to end up. You know, there's all kinds of pain, right? One of the most common that you have, you know, probably right from as long as you can remember. A two-year-old, a three-year-old can go through rejection. Someone said something nasty. Uh, someone said something mean or did something. And, you know, you go through pain of rejection. The pain of abandonment. Pain of betrayal. Everyone at some point has had someone you trusted disappoint you and let you down. The magnitude can be different, but the pain can often be the same. Pain of betrayal, pain of injustice being done to you. You deserved something, or it was the right thing, but it didn't happen. Pain of being abused and violated. They say one in three people have been abused in their lifetime. That's huge. So the majority of people all around the world have gone through all kinds of crazy trauma and violation. The pain of bereavement. You lose a loved one. You lose a child or you lose a spouse. That's intense pain. How do you come out of that kind of pain? Is it even possible? Today we are, I want to lead us through the life of one of my favorite characters in the Bible. And we're going to look at how this young man had years and years and years of unending pain. But comes out through it victorious. And that is the life of Joseph. Uh, a story that I'm sure you're all familiar with right from your Sunday school days you've been hearing about Joseph. So we are introduced to this young man in Genesis 37. And this is how we get to know him. He was the, the 11th son of his father. He had 10 older brothers. And uh, the word tells us in Genesis 37 verses 2, Joseph being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah, the sons of Zilpah, and Joseph's 
brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also he made him a tunic of many colors. So at 17 this boy is the beloved of his dad and he has a coat of many colors to show it. So every time his brothers look at him and he's you know showing off this amazing coat it is telling them dad loves him more than he loves us. And to top it even more his job is to find out everything that his brothers are doing wrong and go and report it to dad. How many of us like this guy already? I already don't like him, okay? Joseph is already deserves, you know, he deserves a spank already at 17. All he's doing is he's enjoying dad's love and he's like, oh, I, I know he's like telling on his 10 brothers. Who would not hate this guy, right? And on top of that, in Genesis 37 verses 5, now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers. And they hated him even more. You have a dream where all your brothers are going to bow down before you, including your dad and your mother. If she would be alive, he sees the sun and the moon and 12 stars, uh, the t 11, 10 stars, whatever, bowing before him. And, he, and the interpretation is that all of you are going to go bow down before me. And it says they hated him even more. At least you have a dream like that. You don't go around... Yeah, telling it to the people that you think are going to be bowing down. So this was Joseph. He was secure. He was uh, arrogant. He was very, you know, he was, uh, he was fine. Like there was nothing going wrong in his life. And this poor lad has no clue of what the next 15 years of his life are going to be like. In Genesis, uh, we go on to read in the story how his brothers had gone out to feed the flock. And his dad sends Joseph, like he always does, go find out where those fellows are two, three days now. They're not coming back. So Joseph, like he usually does, going to find out, going to see what they're doing wrong. And if we come back and tell dad, you know what they were up to. And his brothers see him from a distance. They hated him so much that from the distance they said, he's coming, we kill him. We tell dad that a wild animal killed him. You know, knock this guy off. They had... They had gone through pain as well, right? Pain of years of rejection. Years of being told upon, right? Years of dad yelling at them for stuff that, you know, maybe they didn't even do. And now their hatred had come to such a point, they wanted to kill this guy. Okay, imagine your own brothers. 17 years you've lived with them. You're sons of the same father. What intense hatred they had for them to decide, we, we wipe them off, kill him. And that was the plan. So they temporarily put him into a pit with no water. Imagine Joseph crying, screaming. But he, he's like, oh, they let me out, right? They're my brothers. You know, they can't kill me. They can't do so. He's probably yelling and screaming. like, you know, you guys, wait till I get to dad. Uh, and Reuben comes and intervenes and says, okay, let's not kill him. Just, you know, let him be there. Reuben thought that these guys cool down a bit and I will send him back to dad. But in the meanwhile, something else happens and Joseph's life gets turned around. Judah intervenes. Interestingly, it had to be Judah, right? The, the ancestor of David and of Jesus who comes and says, let's not kill him. There's a group of Midianites. You can see them in the distance. They're traders and they will, you know, they'll buy him. And why kill him and get nothing in return? Let's make some money out of this. His own brothers. 
and they sell him for 20 pieces of silver to the midianites who were on their way to egypt now this is you know till here is like really really sad yeah how many of you can feel with joseph on the caravan you know in a i don't know how what he was put in as he's going to egypt what's what's going through his mind my own brothers you know in, i'm like in the hands of strangers i don't even know where they're taking me what about my father what's he what's going to happen to him once i once he hears that i'm missing uh, the ride would have been very very traumatic right now in genesis 39 verses 1 we see that joseph is taken to egypt and potiphar an officer of pharaoh captain of the guard an egyptian bought him from the ishmaelites who had taken him down there and then there's this verse that changes everything the lord was with joseph dad wasn't there brothers weren't there whole bunch of strangers strange language strange culture they looked different they talked different they probably smelled different ate different but the lord was with joseph and you know if if we get this one thing it will change the your, your situation of pain whatever it is i know there are probably two groups of people sitting here some of you who have been through crazy pain in your past and who've come out of that but you are still living in that every single day you wake up in the morning you're brushing your teeth you're thinking how could they do that to me it still pops up in those moments that you're least expecting it and you're reacting with people and you're insecure and you're afraid of trusting again because you're still living in the pain that happened to you 20 years ago and there's another group of people who are still walking in that kind of pain you're still in relationships that are painful you're still going through oppression and people hating you or loved ones you know giving you trauma i want to tell you that whatever stage you are in the lord is with you and when the lord was with joseph he changed the whole equation the the the, the brothers decided that this was the end finish him off but when this factor comes into the equation the lord was with joseph his story wasn't done amen it was just the beginning they were just working with god to make something so amazing out of the story of this young boy and what happens after that genesis 39 verses 3 tells us his master saw that the lord was with him and that the lord made all he did to prosper in his hand so joseph found favor in his sight and served him and if something like this happened to most of us we would take at least a couple of months of depression to get out of it i just want to sleep on my bed all day and just meditate on all the things i want to do to those 10 brothers the day i'm going to get out of here right joseph reaches egypt and he is on he steps into potiphar's house and he begins to serve and he begins to lead and he begins to rule and he begins to respond to the destiny that was already inside of him the destiny of a leader and he begins to just just be joseph there and so evidently that pharaoh the that potiphar sees him and says hey this guy is good so he begins to exalt him one one more one more give him more give him more give him more till the place that joseph was a ruler over everything that potiphar had and it even tells us so it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the lord blessed the egyptian's house for joseph's sake and the blessing of the lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field 
the cattle are great, the sheep are great. Why? Joseph, whatever Joseph puts his hand upon seems to be blessed. Everything in the house that Joseph takes care of is blessed. Why? Because Joseph was not wallowing in his pain. He was not whining and groaning and mourning about what his brothers did, but he recognized this is, this is a season I've got I to plug into this season. I've got to leave that pain behind and I've got to do what I need to do now. If he was brooding over what had happened, he would never be prosperous the way he was. Okay? So the Lord blesses Potiphar because of Joseph. We know how the story goes on. Joseph was a good-looking young man, uh, diligent. So, you know, the, uh, Potiphar's wife, it just cast her eyes upon Joseph and begin to tempt him. So there's, again, the enemy trying to pull him away from his destiny. But Joseph, his response to her in, in Genesis 39, verses 8, is, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house and has committed everything he has to my hand. And he says, he goes on to say, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? He was not resentful towards God. He was not offended with the God of his father who sold him as a slave into Egypt. I'm not going to follow this God anymore. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to find a new God. He held on to the faith of his fathers and he said, I will not sin against my God. We, we see, you know, we do our schools. We've been doing it for 15, over about 20 years now. We have, you know, discipled young people, you know, people from different nations. And we see often how easy it is for people to lose their faith. This happened to me. I'm not going to believe in Jesus anymore. This happened to me. I trusted God. I believed God. I held on. I trusted the promises. I held on to the promise. God said he would do it. And it didn't happen. I don't want to follow Jesus anymore. I don't want to go to church anymore. This is what the believers did. This is what, how they offended me. I'm, not, I'm, I'm going to be my own church. Joseph had enough reason to forsake God. But he said, I will not sin against my God. Put me in the, you know, put me in the pit. You put me there. He held on. So, you know, it was not just that the Lord was invisibly present with Joseph. But Joseph engaged with God, even in Potiphar's palace. It's, you know, we, we all know oh, Jesus is with me. But we don't engage with God through our pain. It's like the disciples in the storm, right? The storm is, 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 uh, is big and Jesus is sleeping. But they're not engaging him. We can handle this. We got this. Jesus is there. Yeah, he, he let him sleep. They were expert fishermen. And if they were in that storm and they were, came to the place where they were crying out, Lord, wake up or we're going to die, it must have been a bad storm. You know, the, the problem is that we often think if Jesus is with me, I won't have a storm. That's where much of the church is, has got it wrong. If Jesus is with you in the boat, in all probability, you will have a storm. But if he's with you and you engage him, you'll get through the storm. If Jesus is there, you know, I went through a storm a couple of months ago. And I came to the place where I'm like, Lord, are you sleeping or what? Aren't you seeing what is happening? If you are with me, how can this be happening? This was not the plan. This was not how it was supposed to turn out. I had it all worked out. 
if Jesus is in the boat, we think, you know, come to Jesus, all your problems are gone. Actually, no. Which is why much of the church gets offended and leaves their faith. Because they expect that you come to Jesus and everything is going to be solved. I'm going to have no more problems. Jesus is with me. Right? Jesus is with us in the storm. But we need to and we need to say, Lord, what's the storm about and how am I going to walk through it? Yeah? If the Lord was with Joseph, he should have stopped the, the brothers from selling him off in the first place. But God allowed that because he had a bigger plan. Right? So we see that his integrity is tested but Joseph holds on to his faith and then the, Joseph's master takes him, verses 20, puts him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined and he was there in the prison, Genesis 39, verses 21, again. But the Lord was with Joseph. He's, there he is, falsely accused. He did nothing. And you know, I don't even think he told Potiphar what really happened. Just my guess. Maybe he thought, you know, boss won't handle it. You know, imagine for me to tell boss that his wife is cheating on him. Maybe I'd rather just go into prison. Because we don't see anywhere, you know, Joseph could have told on Potiphar's wife, but he probably silent because he honored his master, went through that hell, believing probably, you know, God will make a way out, God will rescue me. And the next 13 odd years of his life, he spends in prison. And the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord is with you. We are not free from trouble. If the Lord was with all of those, uh, those people that have given up their lives, those, those who were thrown to the lions in the Colosseum, was the Lord not with them? Those who said, we will die, but we will not forsake him. Was the Lord not with them? Then why is the church today so easily offended when, when, you know, when pain and hardship comes, that we so quickly throw away our faith? So let us, you know, First Peter says, arm yourselves with a mind to suffer. Church, let's toughen up. Amen. Let's toughen up to handle pain. Let's toughen up to handle hard situations. They will come. Don't be surprised when sickness hits or difficulties come. Arm yourselves with a mind to suffer. The Lord is with you. Engage with God and ask him, God, how am I going to walk through this? Don't be surprised and say, if Jesus was with me, why is this happening? Okay, now again in the prison, Joseph repeats what he did at Potiphar's palace. The same thing happens. Joseph steps in and he's Joseph again. He's faithful, he's diligent, he's, you know, everything he does, he does excellently. So the keeper of the prison starts noticing Joseph too. Say, hey, this guy's good. Whatever he touches is great. So he's slowly promoted, promoted, promoted to the place that the keeper of the prison again commits to Joseph everything in the prison, right? And it says he did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. He's in prison. He's falsely accused. Nothing is going his way. But the Lord is with him. The Lord is with him. Amen. And makes everything under his hand prosper in a prison. You know, our idea, our, our understanding of what life should be like because we're with God is so different from what God is actually planning for us. 
Now, there are certain hard attitudes. Let me just touch uh, on some things. It makes sure that the Lord is with us to ensure that His presence doesn't leave humility. Whatever happens, whoever offends you, however bad things turn out, stay humble. God gives grace to the humble. The minute we lift ourselves up with pride and say, oh, I'm, uh, you know, they did this, they did that, you know, and we get angry, we get hurtful, we get offended. It's walking in pride. The presence of the Lord can leave us because God stands and gives grace to the humble. Forgiveness. If we're not walking in forgiveness and you're going through pain, the Lord may not be with you. Whoever has hurt, whatever the offender has done, forgiveness is a, a prerequisite to have the presence of the Lord. Forgive that God stays with you. And trust. Don't work your way out of your pain. Trust the Lord. Ask the Lord, what's the way out? Don't scheme and figure out how you can, you know, make a way out. Trust in the Lord. Pray, ask Him. Get godly counsel and ask the Lord. So, some things ensure that the presence of the Lord is with us. Let's move on. Now, here Joseph is in Genesis 40 and, uh, you know, he's doing life as usual when destiny is hitting now. And uh, two, the butler and the baker of the Pharaoh is, are also put into prison. And one day they're both looking disturbed because they both had a dream on the same night. And Joseph was ready. You see, if he was, he could have taken, you know, some time in between to go into depression, right? Two few months at least, let me be depressed. Let me just do nothing. Let me just, you know, lie on my bed all day and whine about everything is going wrong. But Joseph was on, yeah? And he was ready for this moment. He could have missed it if he was not ready. So they come to him with the dream. Immediately he says, this is the interpretation. He didn't say, wait, you know, I, let me go take a couple of days, fasting and prayer, pray in tongues a couple of hours, and I'll ask the Lord what he has to say. But Joseph was there and he was ready. He had the interpretation that changed things around. Uh, it happened exactly as Joseph predicted. Three days later, the baker was was uh, killed and the butler went back to the Pharaoh's palace. So here we see Joseph when he gives the prophecy to the butler. Uh, he tells him, you know, please remember me. Okay, let me look at Genesis 40 verses 14. Remember me when it is well with you and please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. Okay, there's Joseph hoping, okay, this is it, this is it. I'm going to get out, I'm going to get out. God has made a way, hallelujah. He's already starting to celebrate. Please, butler, you're going to go back to Pharaoh. Please put in a word for me and get me out. So the butler goes, a couple of days go by, he's waiting. Butler's going to call, no call, a week, a month, a year, two years. How many of us are going to survive that? <laughs> Yeah, I got that guy back into the Pharaoh's palace and he forgot. The next thing for us to probably wallow in. But not Joseph, he was still ready. Now, here comes his moment. Out of the blue, the Pharaoh has a dream. You see, God was moving behind the scenes to do something way bigger than Joseph was even thinking about. God was preserving generations, was preserving the seed of the Messiah for salvation for the whole world. All Joseph could think of is, my little life is in prison and my, you know, my little world is, that is all naturally that he could see. That's all that we often see. While God is looking 
way beyond that. So the Pharaoh has a dream in Genesis 41, and all the magicians and all the wise men of Egypt did, could not interpret the dream. And that's when Mr. Butler remembers, ah, there was a guy in prison. Now, I have completely forgot how bad of me. But this was God's moment. Two years ago was not God's moment. And Butler remembers, tells the Pharaoh, here Joseph is minding his own business, doing what he's always doing, faithful as he has always been. Genesis 41 verse 14, Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. He shaved, changed his clothing, and came to Pharaoh. One minute he's serving in the prison, the next minute, shave, dress, whatever, everything is done. In a moment, he's standing before the Pharaoh. Destiny changes for Joseph at that time. And from then on, we know that he's lifted up and he's made ruler. He does what he had been doing at Potiphar's house and in the prison. And now he does it for Pharaoh. And he gives Pharaoh the ama an amazing strategy to come through the famine that is going to come in the next seven years. After this, Joseph has a wife, and he has two sons. So here now Joseph looks back at his life. Oh, what a difficult life I've had. Yeah, you know, God brought me through all of that. So he, his firstborn has come, and he gives him the name Manasseh. Manasseh means, for God has made me forget my toil, my trouble, my pain, and my father's house. So his firstborn, he said, oh, all of that pain and that misery that I went through all of those years, God today has made me forget, not forget in the fact that he didn't remember, but forget that it no longer had power over him. The memories of the past lost their power over Joseph. And then he had a second son, and he calls his name Ephraim, which means for God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. So his two sons were Manasseh and Ephraim. The one, God made me forget, and then God made me fruitful. And I want to talk about this progression, because we need to forget the pain of the past if we have to be fruitful in the land of our affliction. So many of us are living in the pain of the past and so we can't be fruitful in our affliction. We can't be fruitful in the land the Lord has placed us in. What does it mean to forget, like I said, coming to the place where that pain no longer has power over us? Its tentacles are not, you know, still invading my present from 20 years ago. Because we see so many that are reliving every day the offenses that people have done to them. Even generationally. Their grandfather did this to my grandfather. And so I'm going to hold on to that pain that happened there. We see even among nations, right? They did this to that in that generation, years ago, centuries ago. So we've got to get back. The pain of the past will keep you from being fruitful in your today. We need to get past our pain. Tell yourself, I got to get past my pain. We got to get past your pain, yeah? Because I'm not going to be fruitful if I don't leave my pain behind. So how do we get past it? Uh, number one, deal with it. 
when i say deal with it uh, what do i mean like i said i stop giving it power to affect my today yeah you know there is pain whenever you go you visit that place whenever you go back to that incident it's still revving you up it's still bothering you you're still thinking how could they still do that to me still how could they do that to me i've forgiven them a hundred times but when i think about it what they did i'm like they still did that to me and you're still reliving it when you come when you deal with it you it stops having power over you. they did it but god has made me forget the pain of my past yeah they did that yeah they intended evil but god has made me overcome that right when you deal with it number one you want to you you have to face it you have to come to a place where you see that a lot of things you're doing today you're still are, are because that pain is still having power over you you got to face up with some things that you you got to face up with some troubles you're having in your relationships today which is because of that pain that you went through and you've built up those walls to protect yourself from ever going through that pain again this brings you to a place where you're so walled in that you don't know how to enjoy authentic relationships you're so busy trying to keep yourself safe from those kind of people who will hurt you and betray you that you don't know how to trust anyone anymore so face up with it tell yourself yeah you know i think i think i'm allowing this pain to take away my today and my tomorrow that's the first step you know it's not easy it takes a lot of courage because sometimes the holy spirit is going to take you back to when you were really little you're going to remember some stuff that you have neatly locked up and said nobody's going to open that thing again i've locked it up forever but you forgot you didn't realize that it's you know like you see in the cartoons its tentacles have come through the door and they're you know they're still trying to affect but the holy ghost knows you know that thing you locked up in there it's time to pull it out you know the stuff you've just put underneath the carpet and you have a lovely rug spread out because everyone sees oh the wonderful carpet the holy spirit says let's just lift it and let's take a look at all the things you've been hiding under there you don't want anyone to look at facing up with it is the first step takes a lot of courage and the holy spirit is very committed to it if you are to take you through uh, to unearthing everything so that we can be free number to forgive and forget like i said forget is not erasing every memory but forgetting is coming to the place where i can look at it in the eye and say it does not have power over me i can go back to that situation and say i am not a victim of that anymore i am not a slave to what happened there anymore what they did today then no longer has power over me today where you forgive them and if you've not forgiven now that you know is is the next step you must we must we must we must forgive yeah must come to the foot of the cross sometimes it's very subtle we don't even realize we have unforgiveness but the, the holy spirit is showing you you know what they did or what they did it's still troubling you take it to the foot of the cross and say lord i have no right have no right to to hold unforgiveness it's so subtle i don't even realize it's unforgiveness but holy spirit i want to forgive i want to forgive and you keep forgiving till you know you're free number 3 make the divine exchange sometimes you know there's a pleasure in pain 
you know, I, I know that some people actually enjoy, yeah, there's some kind of pain you enjoy, right? You, you, you say you have a, a small sprain. At some point, uh, there is a, you know, there is a, there's a pleasure in feeling the pain. Even in the emotional, we, we enjoy the pain so much. We enjoy the self-pity. We enjoy feeling they did this to me because they did that. That's why I'm like this. So it gives me an excuse to be anything because of what they did to me. So we hold on to the self-pity. We hold on to the pain. And the pain becomes our greatest friend. And if you tell me to let go of the pain, then I have nothing else. Then I, I am completely responsible for everything I do. But I want to hold someone else responsible for who I am and what I'm doing. Make the divine exchange. Isaiah 61 says that when the Spirit of the Lord is upon us, He gives beauty for ashes. We don't want to let go of the ashes. Hold on. Ashes, they're good. You know, I'm holding on to these ashes for so long. What will I do without them? He says, beauty. Give me your ashes. Give me, your, give me all that stuff. I will give you beauty instead. The oil of joy instead of mourning. We like to keep mourning. But he says, here's the oil of joy. Here's the garment of praise. Take off the spirit of heaviness. Take off the weight and the, the burden that you're carrying and the, the, the implicating everyone else for where you are today. Make the divine exchange. Have the courage to say, Lord, here's my pain. I'm taking your beauty. I'm taking the garments of praise. I'm taking the oil of joy. And I'm going to stop allowing this pain to have power over my today and my tomorrow. And I'm going to go free because you have already, Isaiah 53 says, he, surely he has borne our griefs. He meant surely he's carried our sorrows. Then why are we still carrying it? If surely he has borne our griefs and he's carried our sorrows, we've got to give it to him. And he did it so that we can walk free. Amen? So be willing to make the exchange. Be willing to let go. Be willing to take what Jesus has given us freely at the cross. Number four, and this is really, really hard, and it'll take a lot of courage to do this, but to give thanks to God, even for those painful situations. It'll kill you. Yeah? To look at those things, because Joseph came to a place when his, he revealed his identity to his brothers, and they all begin to weep. He says, you guys didn't send me here. God sent me here. You thought you sent me here. You thought you were getting rid of me. But it was actually God who sent me. You guys just helped the plan. You guys just, you, you helped him. You didn't even know you were helping him. You were just working with the plan that God had from the generations, right? So he came to the place where he's actually brothers Thank you so much for putting me in that pit. Thank you so much for selling me off to the Egyptians. I would never become the ruler of Egypt if you guys didn't have that brilliant idea. Judah, you were the man. Yeah? You know, you were the one that got me here. He came to a place where he could actually look at the pain and say, thank you for that. Because through that, the Lord was with me. Through that, I found favor. And through that, I have come to a place where I've forgotten my pain and I'm fruitful in the land of my affliction. So deal with your pain, okay? And know that, number two, know that there is a purpose in your pain, okay? I know, I know that there are people going through 
very, very difficult situations. Those watching online, you know, you may be going through something that is so traumatic, so crushing. The Lord is with you. But I believe that the Lord is able to bring purpose out of pain. Not that all pain, you know, is, is good or even is brought by God. There will be some pain we just get ourselves into. There is some pain that, you know, we were just so foolish that we got into that. But God is still able to bring a purpose out of pain. You, many of us are, 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 you know, broken because we know our own mistakes have got us into trouble. And then now we've given up. We don't believe in ourselves anymore. We don't think we can make a good decision. The Lord wants to break that. He says, I'm with you. You messed up. That's okay. I can still bring purpose out of your pain. I can still bring something good out of that mess that you went through. Dr. Paul Brand, if any of you have heard of him, uh, was a missionary kid born and brought up in India, uh, went, to the, went to England for his uh, studies, came back to CMC Velo as a surgeon. He was actually the, the first physician who discovered that leprosy was not a disease of tissue, but it was a disease of the nerves, where the, bacil, where, where the, uh, the, the bacteria invades the nerves so that the person is unable to feel pain. And it is because the pain fibers are destroyed uh, that this, they have this disease called leprosy. That was, you know, just in the last century. Till then, people believed that the bacteria destroys the tissue. So Paul Brand wrote this famous book. I guess some of you may have heard of it. Uh, he initially named it, along with Philip Yancey, Pain the Gift Nobody Wants. And then renamed it in 1997 as The Gift of Pain. Because he realized how miserable people's lives were because they could not sense pain. And how blessed we are that we can actually experience pain. And he calls it pain, the gift nobody wants. The minute it's a mile away, I'm running away from anything that brings me or causes me pain. God can bring purpose in your pain. And lastly, let me close with, with this. At, at uh, the end of Jacob's life, uh, Joseph comes to meet him. And he brings his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And the firstborn, Joseph's eye, Jacob's eyes are dim, he can't see. So Joseph very, you know, strategically puts Manasseh on the right and Ephraim on the left. Because Manasseh was the firstborn, right? Okay, I keep breaking down every time I hear, hit this place. But Jacob, knowing, he can't see, but he knows. He says, Joseph, who have you brought? Joseph said, these are my sons. Pray for them, bless them before you die. And Jacob prophetically swabs hands and says, Ephraim will be greater than Manasseh. Your pain has been your firstborn, right? You've been magnifying all those things that happened to you. It's been so big. Oh, my pain, my pain, my pain. They did this to me. They did that to me. God helped me. God blessed me. And Ephraim has been your second born. Yeah, God made me fruitful. But Jacob swaps it and says, you will come to a place where you will be so fruitful that you will forget about your pain and the power it had over you. 
Ephraim will be greater than Manasseh. Church, we need to let go of what has happened in the past. We cannot allow it to destroy today and tomorrow. When God is looking at us and thinking, I want to make them fruitful. Joseph's prophecy was he will be a fruitful bow. He's going to bring forth so much. Did he go through pain? Yes, 13 years of pain and prison and hell. But God makes him fruitful. And he says, Ephraim, you're going to be so fruitful, you're going to forget Manasseh. Amen. Let's just pray. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to, wants to, you know, just do away with some pain and its effects on our lives. If there are, I know there are those of you that are even now going through painful situations, you can't see the end of it. Maybe it is a broken relationship. Maybe it is an impossibility in your health or, or something in your life that is so painful that you're, you're in that prison, you're in that pit, and you think, I'm never going to get out of here. I'm never going to get out of here. Can you ask the Lord for a mind like Joseph just to know the Lord is with me? The Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. When He is with me, whether I get out of here or whether I don't, I will be faithful and I will be true and I will love Him and I will worship Him. Don't let that pain destroy your today. Don't let that pain take away because He gives you oil of joy for mourning. He's not saying, I will change your situation. He says, here in the middle of pain is oil of joy. And only Jesus can give it to us because he's the man of sorrow and he's borne our griefs and he's carried our sorrows. He says, you don't have to carry it anymore. I know there's great pain, Holy Spirit. I pray that you will strengthen your church, you will strengthen your people that are even now in such brokenness and such pain because of situations that they are in. Lord, you let your presence, Lord, be with them. Strengthen them, Lord. Strengthen them. Strengthen them to receive right in the midst of their pain, the oil of joy. Right in the midst of their pain, the garments of praise. Beauty, Lord, instead of ashes. Beauty instead of ashes. Lord, let pain not destroy our fruitfulness. Joseph could be fruitful in Potiphar's house and he could be fruitful in the prison and he was fruitful even in the palace. Lord, let our pain not steal our fruitfulness away. Wherever we are, if you are with us, we can be fruitful. And Lord, I want to pray for those that are battling with pain. If you are, and if you'd like to just, to just lift your hands up. You know there's pain in your heart. You've been struggling so hard to just overcome it as a sign of your faith. To the Lord, to just lift your hands up and say, Lord... I want, I want to leave this pain behind here. It's affecting my relationships. It's affecting my, my work. It's affecting the things I'm doing. It's affecting my decisions. And the people that may have hurt me are, are moving on with life, but I'm still stuck in the prison that they put me in. The doors have been opened, but I'm just not able to get out of this prison of my pain. And you just know you need a breakthrough. Just ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, I, I want to face up with it. And I want you to help me to forgive. And I want to move past it, Lord. I want to move past it, Lord. 
I want to cut off those tentacles, Lord, that have just been just controlling my life, just controlling my today and my to destroying my tomorrows. I want to I want to break that off, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And to come to the place where I can look it in the face and say you have no more power. You have no more power over me. I can look at that pain. I can look at that betrayal. I can look at that that place that I was and I can see you have no more power over me. You have no more power over me. It may be something in your generations. It may be curses that you think you've been born with. The Holy Spirit says it has no more power over you. Its power is broken. Its power is broken. You're like a bird being set free and you will fly free of those chains, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, every work of the enemy, Lord, to hold us captive, Lord, to hold us captive by offenses and pain of the past. We want to break that right now. I just pray a healing over your people, a healing from pain, a healing from pain. Lord, they're going to step out of that prison. They're going to step out of this that prison as royalty, Lord. They're going to step out as children of the king. They're going to step out as new creation. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are no longer defined by what you've been through. You will no longer define yourself by what you were but what you went through. I define you. I define you. The cross defines you. You're a new creation. You're a new creation. And Lord, I want to declare over them, Ephraim will be greater than Manasseh. Ephraim will be greater than Manasseh. You will come to the place where you're not your your pain is no longer so the, the biggest thing in your life that it robs you of your fruitfulness but you will be so fruitful that you will forget your pain you will forget because you're so fruitful you're so fruitful god has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction god has made me fruitful because god has made me forget my pain forget my toil forget my labor forget even my father's house that i was longing for and god has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction father i just pray that destiny upon your church lord the all that the enemy has intended for evil against you the lord has turned it around for good the lord is turning it around for good as you as you've just engaged with god in faith and say lord i believe i believe i believe I believe it has no more power. I will be fruitful. I will be fruitful. I will be fruitful. Lift up your voice. Let us rise to our feet. Let us declare, I will be fruitful. I will be fruitful. Tell the devil that. I will be fruitful. I will be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Even those that have intended harm, intended evil. You will be fruitful. The Lord will lift you up. We will be fruitful, Lord. As a church, we will go beyond our pain. We will go beyond our pain. We will go beyond our pain, Lord. Let it end right here, right now, Lord. From today onwards, from today onwards, I just declare a new beginning over your church, a new beginning over your people. Oh, they will forget as they go back to those memories. It will have no more power over them. It will have no more pain attached to it. Oh, they will look it in the eye and they will say, "I'm healed. I'm healed of my pain. I'm healed of my pain, and I'm fruitful." fruitful in the land of my affliction 
Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wscc.in.